All right, lay it on me. What would you think of the night? Oh, great night. Uh, big night for the Browns. Um, yeah, they kind of swept everything, didn't they? Yeah, they <laughs> they kind of cleaned up tonight. Well, really I mean, did. look, they they had a great year, no question about it, right? Uh, you know, that Thursday night against the New York Jets will be something that uh, fans will tell their grandkids about. Uh, you know, I uh, had an opportunity to visit with uh, Andrew Barry, uh, who was here to accept on behalf of Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. We'll find out uh, tomorrow if uh, Garrett will be a finalist for the uh, the Defensive Player of the Year award. I would be stunned if he's not. I would be too. Um, we'll also uh, we'll also find out. You know, Kevin Stefanski, Jim Schwartz, um, Barry. You know, we'll we'll find out if they're finalists for these these awards that will be you know presented uh, at NFL Honors. Um, but the regular season awards, right? I mean, it's not, not mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, well, in this case, fortunately, not based on uh, postseason play or postseason results. But, um, and, you know, Joe Flacco, you know, will he be in the conversation for comeback player of the year awards? So we're going to find that stuff out tomorrow. Uh, as a member of the Pro Football Writers, our awards are coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so later this week we'll be uh, uh, announcing uh, our you know, offensive and defensive player of the year, our league MVP, our coach of the year, our assistant coach of the year, all those NFL honors awards. We do the same thing. It's just the league, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, uses the Associated Press <clears throat> awards. But yeah, I mean, just just a great night. And Joel Batonio's mm-hmm. hobbling around here in a walking boot. Uh, well, was he in a walking boot? I didn't even see that. Yeah, he's got. Because he was moving. I saw him moving. I. He's got an entourage with him, but I saw him moving. He, uh, I. God love him. I don't know how he does it uh, because um, I uh, was too fat for my suits, so I had to go get new suits. But I forgot the inserts for my dress shoes. Mm. <laughs> and my, my dogs are barking. That's, that's the absolute worst. I, I can't imagine what he's going through with that, uh, with that high ankle sprain. Uh, we got to see Mo Hurst. Uh, he was here, yeah. uh, help presenting as well. So yeah, just uh, another outstanding event. David Gilbert and the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission—they always do such an outstanding job. Uh, for not just with this event, but for the city of Cleveland, mm-hmm. Northeast Ohio, with uh, all the events that they're able to to bring here for us to enjoy. The part that sucks about buying new clothes when you feel like you put on a couple LBSs is that you eventually do lose the weight and then you don't know what to do with the bigger clothes. Oh, no. So this, you, got, you have to show real commitment to staying a little bit bigger here, Daryl. I actually was looking for the size up to grow into. Oh, yeah? You bought you bought one big? <laughs> no, I tried. They didn't have it. So I, okay. <laughs> so now I have to make a conscientious effort not to keep – not to grow any more than I have in the last. I'm year. trying to think of uh, who was the Gi- who was the Giants coach that wore that ridiculously oversized suit to his press conference. Brian Dable. No, it wasn't Brian Dable. Brian Dable is a large man and understands he's a large man. Not Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> not not Freddie. Uh, Tom Coughlin. Not Tom Coughlin. I'm running out of Giants coaches. <laughs> uh, come on, Giants head coach, oversized. No, 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 no. This is gonna. I can't believe I can't remember this now. I'll get it. Google will have it in three seconds for me. Or at least they're supposed to. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I don't. I don't. The hard part about putting Giants head coach oversized jacket into Google is now Google thinks I want to buy a over, Giants yes. oversized jacket. And that's what, that's a problem. You're using the incorrect keywords or you're not sequencing the keywords correctly. I have always been that person, though. I've always been that. Ben McAdoo. I've always been that person. <laughs> 
that does not know how to use Google correctly. See, I, I like that you got challenged right there, and you came through. Sometimes you've got to challenge that's, yourself. That, that's a good job. That's, right what, that's what life is that's about. Fantastic. You can look like Ben McAdoo, just wearing Excellent. a ridiculously large. <laughs> so we're having no disappointments tomorrow, I would imagine, with the AP. You know, you mentioned something interesting, though. Uh, so I talked to Aaron Schatz. I talked to a couple different people that like have AP votes, and they'd mention how you know it's a regular season award. I, yeah. They love it as a regular season award. I don't. My, the uh, my, the Pro Football Writers Awards that I voted on, um, you know, I filled out my ballot after the Browns had had lost and been eliminated. Um, but based my decisions, yeah, and the players that I voted for, strictly on regular season, and I'm not going to lie, it's very hard to do. Though it, it it can be hard to do, but but that's the task you ha you have to keep it in, you know. You have to base it on uh, regular season play. So um, it, I anticipate that – and it stinks, again, because the season ended with such a thud, but deservedly so. Uh, the Browns are going to be in a conversation, I believe, for a lot of these awards at NFL Honors, and I don't think that they're going to get a lot of jokes thrown their way in the opening monologues like we've seen in years past, right, where the whoever's hosting the thing spends five minutes dunking on the Browns because <laughs> they suck. No, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, there'll be plenty of other we, teams we to get dunked on. call that the old on. Steve Harvey. The, yeah, the, uh, the, the Browns will be called to the podium. <laughs> they'll be, you know. See, but, but it always worked because Steve was, you know, he's, he's, he's a Cleveland, Cleveland guy. didn't get away with it. But no, they, Kelly Clarkson they, couldn't get away with it the same way. You know, uh, you know, when Jim Brown was with us, I lived for the cameras finding Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. And he just looked like he was ready to kill someone every time one of them, you know, they hit the punchline, and then they'd show Jim Brown. Jim Brown turning into Will Smith would have been great. Oh, but, yeah, it's, but no, the, the, I, I have a feeling the Browns uh, will be well represented well, at NFL honors in yeah. a very positive way. Well, they were represented in a positive way here tonight, too, though. It yeah. really it, it was kind of like a celebration of the Browns' season in a weird way. I, yeah. I, we still had the Guardians manager, Stephen Vogt, here. We had all sorts of Cavs representation as well. And it just it felt like it was a night dominated by the Browns. It feels like that's what when we talk about 2023 in Cleveland history, we're going to talk about this for it's, it was a Browns year. Yeah, it really was. Um, and especially with everything they went through. I mean, the, the Joe Flacco story in and of itself is a novel. Yeah. Uh, you just you can't make that up. Um, it'll probably never happen again in sport type thing. Um, it just a perfect storm. Also a perfect storm of just every nightmare scenario thrown at the Browns. Right. Jack Conklin, then Nick Chubb, eventually Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, they're, they're on their fourth and fifth and sixth string tackles uh, come playoff time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Joel's getting shot up in the trainer's room at halftime so he can come out for the second half in Houston and, and, and help out. And things like, I mean, it's just things, worst case scenarios for the Browns that just didn't run the season into a ditch, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I mean, and, and we've seen that so many times. And, and, and I got to tell you, and I know we've talked about it, but that locker room was special this year. Um, I, it, of the locker rooms I've covered in my 25-plus years, mm -hmm. that's a top three locker room. It really – I mean, it really and I, is. And I believe that. I have a hard time balancing out with that. And I believe it's the truth. I mean, why would you it's, – it's what you saw, right? 
But then you just got spanked the way they did in the postseason. And then you hear what Stump Mitchell is saying now, and it's just like there's – Yeah, then, but and then you the, know you what? the Cam Newton audio with Deshaun Watson where it doesn't even seem like him and Kevin Stefanski are on the same page. Well, here's I, the thing with that. I and, don't know. Uh, well, I've had some conversations with some folks about that. And I do think that part of it, it – it's not a problem with Kevin Stefanski, okay, when Deshaun made those comments, and, and this is what was kind of conveyed to me in some conversations I've had mm-hmm. since that audio came out, and I initially was like asked to react out of the blue, and I'm like, whatever, <laughs> just go play, right? But um, in, in all seriousness, uh, um, what Deshaun was trying to convey there was it just takes him a while to work. It takes him a minute to work himself into the game um, and, and really just get the feel and the flow and – and, and things like that. And when you look at Deshaun in his career, he isn't like what we saw with Joe Flacco where, you know, Kevin Stefanski wasn't deferring. He was taking the football. He wanted 7 nothing leads, yeah. right? And Joe Flacco was marching him down the field four of the five starts. They scored touchdowns on the opening possession, right? That's not really – that's not what we've seen from Deshaun. Right. And that's not foreign either. That's been in the course of his career. So I think a lot is being make, made of those comments, and I get it. We're in the offseason, and this is the year of Deshaun, right? The micro, he's under the microscope now. It's boom or bust. I get it. But um, I don't think that that's as big of a problem as some folks are perceiving it to be based on what he said. I don't think he was taking a shot at Kevin Stefanski at all. No, I don't know that it was a shot necessarily, but it definitely did show me that either one of two things happened. Either he'd never talked to Kevin Stefanski about the script in the first which 15 I can, plays. Which, by the way, I can tell you that is not they, – they, they Okay, talk, then they yeah. talked about it and Stefanski ignored it then. Okay, there's either one of two things that happened there. Well, here's the and thing. And neither one of them is great, Daryl. Well, here's the thing. When you're in practice, you're not practicing running around. You're, you're practicing a, a certain number of plays, right? You're practicing 15 to 20 plays, and you're doing it every day, trying to perfect those plays going into a game week, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the solution now going forward is, okay, we're working on those 15 to 20 plays day after day after day in practice, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or you know whatever, wherever the game is, right? Uh, those three days – Okay, but those are, those are our 15 money plays, and maybe we, we're not calling those in a specific order. You see what I'm saying? I do. Like, yeah. okay, maybe five of those 15 plays we're going to see in the first quarter. And the second five of those 15 plays, maybe we'll see those in the second quarter. Or maybe third quarter, you know what I'm saying? Like you, and you break it up a little bit to give Deshaun a little more free flow and things like that. But, again, I, now that I've had an opportunity to hear the comments mm-hmm. – I've had the opportunity to speak to people about said comments. I think I've got a better feel of what's be, what is being conveyed and and where things are. And I know you got to talk about it. We talk about it. I just I don't see it as big of a problem as I did when I initially heard it yeah. the first time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I just it's it's it was a little alarming to me. That's all. Just a little. And but we'll pay attention to all these different things. And as we go through the off season, I'm sure more things will pop up. Although they did have a relatively quiet off season, all things considered, last year. We yeah, had, but, we had Perry on Winfrey, and that was really about it. Yeah, but now they fired people, and they're making a couple of changes to the coaching staff. And you know, Stump said what he said about Kareem, and you know, which by the way didn't surprise me. Um, oh, it didn't. No. no. Um, and you know, I mean, look, it's this is. You think they, there's more talent with Kareem that he doesn't? Yeah. Get out of himself. Yeah, I think there's more there. Um, you know, they they are now a playoff team, right? 
And it's it's about more than making the playoffs now. It's how do you get this thing to the next level? Yeah. How do you win the division? You haven't won a division since 1989, mm-hmm. right? I was born you, in 89. You haven't hosted a playoff game since 1994. Actually, it was January of 95. It's me and Taylor Swift. We're born in 1989. Again, congratulations. Yeah. Uh but only two people. You know, 1995, January 95 is when they they hosted Bill, Be- uh, or I should say, the New England Patriots, uh, when Bill Belichick was the coach. Baker I mean, was it's, born it's, in 95. It's been a long, long time. So this is about evolving as an organization and now moving it forward. We're beyond this. Can we win a game? Now can we win a game on Sunday? Now can we win a divisional game? Can we win back-to-back games? Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Can we get to the playoffs? All those boxes have been checked. The last two boxes, or actually three boxes, have to be checked. Win a division, win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl, and win the Super Bowl. You rooting for the Ravens this weekend? Hell no. <laughs> What's the matter with you? I didn't think you were. I just had to get you on the, on the record saying it. Not Go that there's cheat. an actual I, official record here. I am, I am a Swifty, Kelsey, uh, what a, like, I, I hope Jason Kelsey goes to Baltimore and he chugs eight bowling balls. I hope he's jumping out of windows back into the seats and grabbing little girls to take them up to say hi to Taylor nice Swift. Moment. That was a nice yeah, moment. I want to see Donnie, uh, Donna Kelsey doing the, the thing, you know, the swaying in the box. dance they got going on. I want to see all that. Oh, yeah, I, I hope the Ravens get run off the field. Ain't going to happen, but I'm pulling for the Chiefs, and I'm definitely pulling for the Lions, which you know what that means, right? That means it's going to go uh, Ravens 49ers? Yep. Yeah. You had a year. You had a couple years though with the pregame show. Hey, I was where you were awesome. I was money on. You were the, great in your predictions. I went four for four in the divisional round, though. All right. I was uh for this year for Browns. I mean, games. They had every favorite one in the divisional round, so yeah. it wasn't like a. No, I took the Chiefs over the Bills. Well, I, again, any every favorite. I know they weren't as far as Vegas was concerned, but every your friends favorite, in the desert. Every favorite. I mean, Mahomes has got to be the favorite in every game he plays in. It was one of the wildest lines I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That you have Patrick Mahomes in a divisional round game. Yeah, great. On the road for the first time in his career. Uh, and he's not the favorite. But you've seen the logo, right? It is Ravens and 49er colors. They're going all Aaron Rodgers on me now. You know, I mean, it's, it's a thing. I did see next year's logo, the one in New Orleans, too. That one had some green in it, and it had some purple again. Didn't have any orange or brown in it, unfortunately. No, it did not. Daryl That Ryder? does not bode well for the script writing. No, no, we got to get up on that. Uh, our Browns Insider brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Let me ask you, I got, I got a couple different other questions here, okay? We'll start with the Cavs, and then we'll go to the, the Guardians, all right? All right. All right. Earlier in the, sh- in the show, we discussed Jeff Phelps' comments earlier today. He says, if, if Donovan wants to stay with the Cavs, and it means you trade Darius, you do whatever it takes – I'm paraphrasing, but you do whatever it takes to make sure Donovan stays and Donovan is happy. Do you agree with that sentiment? I don't think you have to trade Darius to keep Donovan happy, though. You think they can coexist? Yeah. Because this stretch has done a number on people in that line. I realize that, but what you have to understand is regular season doesn't always translate to the playoffs, and if you have any questions about that, I give you the 2022-23 Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. I'm just so the way they're winning now is great, and it kind of a little bit out of the Browns book, right? I mean, losing Evan Mobley, losing uh, Darius, right? And those guys are going to come back. They're going to have to reintegrate them and all that. But what they're doing right now is fantastic. But if you want to move on in the playoffs and you want to be an NBA championship contender, you need both of those guys on your roster. 
Are they actually a championship contender? I didn't say they were a championship. I said if you want to be, okay. you need both of them. Yeah, time will tell. Stephen Vogt made his uh, rounds today. Did you, you heard him on with Ken and Anthony, I'm sure. World Series is what he said. I loved it. I, I loved everything about it. I love the fact that he was able to say, we, why show up to spring training if you're not trying to play for a World Series? It's a, it's a good mentality. When, when your entire fan base thinks that you're not actually playing for a World, world Series, it's good to know the manager is at least out here playing and coaching for a World, a world Series. It's the right attitude. I just don't know that it's reality, right? <laughs> I mean, they're not that much better than they were a year ago from a roster well, standpoint. They'll probably win 83, 84, 85 Yeah, they're, they're, they're a 500 to 88 win team if a couple of things go well. They've got a, a, a load of nice young arms uh, that they can really lean on. It's hopefully Tristan McKenzie is able to get through this season healthy yeah. and be who we think he is in that. But, uh, you know, Justin Bieber's a question. Shane it, Bieber, too. Or uh, Shane Bieber, I should say. Um, what happens with him at, at the trade deadline? Because if he's if he is in Cy Young form that first half of the season, they're going to have a decision to make. All right, do you make the run with him or do you trade him to bring in pieces that can still help you continue to win now? Um, that's going to be a, a tough a call for that organization. But um, he's he reminds me a little bit of Terry Francona as far as his personability and people skills and yeah, that. Yeah. Real favorable f- uh, first impression. Um, I got to visit with him a little bit at Guards Fest over the weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's made a great first impression, but they're, they're not a World Series contender yet. But I like that he has that mentality that, you know what, it ain't about crying about what we don't have. It's about what we do have and making the best of it and – getting it as far as it can go. All right, we got one minute. Give me your impressions on the interview with David Gilbert. Uh, Dave is uh, phenomenal. He does outstanding work here. I think what he had to say about the Brown Stadium situation was really interesting um, because this is something now that's, you know, it's been going on for about a year. It's going to, throughout 2024, mid-2025, trying to figure this thing out, what to do with the Browns and where to put them if they stay put. And if you move them, where do you move them and how much it's going to cost and who's going to pay for what. Um, he's hopefully going to be involved in that. I think he will be. Um, but he's, he's got his hands full with that particular item alone, aside from all these other events mm-hmm. that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, being kind of thrust into the middle of the lakefront development and the stadium and, you know, trying to figure out this Browns thing, man. Um God love him. I, I don't know how he's able to compartmentalize the way <laughs> the way he does, but uh, he's outstanding in what he does, and we are extremely lucky to have a man like that in the city of Cleveland. Daryl, thank you as always. I'll catch up with you later. You bet. All right, Daryl Ryder, our Browns Insider, brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store.